This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dumped, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to the Reel Down on Paddle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down on the Paddle and Fin Network. I'm Jimmy. With me now is Drew. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Hey, so I guess we need a new intro. Yeah. I, it says Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner. I mean, we, it needs to be, just be like with Jimmy Skinner and Drew Gregory, you know? We'll, we'll we, need to, we need to hire a hype man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to record it uh, this week, and then Brian said that he wanted to redo everybody's intros for all the shows. And told me to wait until he gets back from ICAST because he has, I don't know if he's got something planned, but, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, man. I talked to him today, so I'm going to meet up with him down at ICAST. I fly out tomorrow. Yeah. I think he's down there. So that, this is a big week for 
the overall sport of bass fishing and obviously kayak fishing, a lot of new stuff being announced. And I think a lot of companies got smart and started announcing it a, a couple of weeks before so they can get the more of the press and the exposure, you know what I mean? For a yeah. whole day, rather than everybody at once at ICAST, you get lost in the shuffle. So now it's like, come see it at ICAST. So I'm excited to see a lot of the new stuff we already know that's, that's coming down the pipe. So, yeah, I've been usually I'm on top of all that, like paying attention to the stuff that's dropped. I know a few things like I think Bonafide's dropping a new boat, um, like certain companies that aren't going like Yak Gadget. He dropped a bunch of products this week, um, actually last week. Uh, new Canoes got some stuff coming out. I think accessories uh, since, you know, they already dropped the Unlimited earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I, I hate that I, do- I had a chance to go. I was going to go with Brian and my thought process was the list of vendors was so much smaller. I was like, well, I'll save it for a bigger year. And then I think you made a point yeah. you were like, well, there's less competition when you're trying to talk to people. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, hey, you know, as funny as it's a cool, have you ever been to ICAST? I haven't. Okay. It's, it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, the first time you're there, you are like a, a kid in a candy store. You know what I mean? You see all the, <laughs> all the brands and all the, the new stuff and then all the pros that you've watched on TV. It's just kind of nuts walking right by a bill dancer, Jimmy Houston, I can just, just Kevin Van Dam. But, um, I'll tell you one thing, man, the key to ICAST, anybody listening is if you're out, if you're there for the purposes that a lot of the kayak anglers that, that go are, cause we're not buyers, right? ICAST is an industry show. It's not a consumer expo like the, the Bassmaster classic expo, but what the key to ICAST is, if you really want to work at the best for like sponsorships and things like that, here's the secret. And every, every bass boat pro I was talking to uh, Matt Airy today, actually one of my friends on the elite series. And, and he, we were joking about it because this is the first I cast he's going to miss in a long time due to the schedule, the elite series and all that. Yeah. And he, he's joking around and we both agreed like no business for us ever gets done at ICAST. It never does. That's a lot of like, it's a lot of sales orders and, and buyers for all the stores that carry these products that the, the manufacturers are showing off. Right. But in terms of us, like everybody wants to pop into a booth and be like, Hey, here I do. I'm a kayak angler. I do so-and-so I got this many followers. I have this going on and the marketing guys, their heads are just ready to explode because all the bass boat pros are coming to them. The same thing. So here's the secret. You show up at ICAST, you just meet the person face to face. Just, you can meet them at your booth. Just five minutes. Don't take up too much of their, their time because I promise you it starts to look like uh it starts to remind you of some days maybe back in back in college at the bar where you're talking to the girl and she's just looking over your shoulder like who who else is here what's going on I like like why are you still talking to me and you're like I hate that I hate that when you and it's it's when you you. realize that you're like yeah yeah you're like yeah I I read you girl I read you I'm moving on all right so anyway that's the way it is that I catch you gotta go quick just get a face-to-face thing be real quick and they respect that you didn't take much of their time because they really aren't there to work out deals you know what I mean it's just uh it's just not the right time for it. it's a time just to meet them in person obviously real quick and then once you follow up um that's that's where I think something can happen but really the best way to make anything happen is just always have word of mouth with other people who are already sponsored by those products and those those companies. But anyway, that's probably for a whole nother whole nother topic. That's a, about, that's, yeah. I don't even know what show we should do that on, but that'd be a fun I know. one. I should yeah. We'll figure it out. That could be OG show. 
Yeah, OG show. Yeah. We'll we'll get Brian on yeah. that. How to get sponsorships and what how to approach you know with a media kit and all that stuff. If, Actually, know, we could is. do that. We'll We're do good. that in the off season. We, me and Dan did a similar show that because we you know when mm-hmm. it's cold outside, all y'all Northerners up there, y'all y'all's fishing shuts down way before the rest of us, so we don't have much to talk about. So I'll write that yeah. down. We'll we'll hit that. Yep. Well, uh, to get now. to it, uh, we got a couple guys here. Uh, the Central Carolina kayak fishing had a big tournament on Lake McIntosh and they had 54 anglers and these two fine gentlemen, you know, beat the rest. And one of them I'll bring in right now, Mr. Rick Rowland gapped these folks. What's going on, Rick? Hey, Hey, Jimmy and Drew. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, man. Yeah, man. Ready to talk about this uh, big win. And, and, and in second place, Mr. Justin Faircloth and he had a great day too, but Rick, had just one of those days you you know you get to tell stories about forever when just all the big fish wanted to come hang out with him so what's going on guys thanks for coming on not a problem man just hanging out this evening heck yeah thanks for having us no problem well, i thought you were about to say something drew <laughs> uh well i was jimmy see we're still trying to get our this is the very yeah. first first show we're trying to get our we'll get it dynamic in here but listen what we got to know here, Rick, is first of all, or and both you guys, both you guys. I'm looking at my phone here. The reason I'm looking down, you know, I'm I lived in Charlotte for ten years. You know, from, you know, I can consider myself a Carolinian. Um, I guess half of me, a part of me, lived grew up in Georgia. But anyway, Lake McIntosh. I don't believe I've ever even heard of it because I fished more on the west side. So tell us a little bit about the lake, where it's at, what kind of you know vegetation or habitat it had in it, and. uh yeah, just I'm just curious where it's at. What what river basically is is feeding it? That's what I'm always interested in. <laughs> uh, Big Alamance feeds the uh, river itself, or feeds the uh, lake itself. Uh, it was okay. built, I think it was opened up in late 1980s, uh, so it's still relatively new. Yeah. Um, but Big Alamance Creek, uh, that's always been known for some large bass coming out of it. So. Speaking gotcha. my love language right now. Yeah, man, I'm looking at it right now. I just you found said, it. You said creek, big fish. I'm there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's part of the. So is that part of the Hall River system? No. Or which or which one is that? Let's see. I'm looking. There's Greensboro. Yeah. Let it actually drain into the Hall River. Eventually, it does. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So it's so it's part of that. Well, that's that's cool, man. See, I fished the Hall, and there's some some big fish in that hole. You know, as you guys know, and as Major League Fishing has shown off, there's some good fish in those those lakes over there. So, yeah, this is just sort of the headwaters of it, which is cool. I didn't know that existed. It looks like a great size lake for for you know, 5,400 anglers or whatever. It looks like a. It's not like a super big lake, but it's it's one of those that probably doesn't get a lot of those big bass boat world. You know, 250 boat tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> downs, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ideal for kayak anglers because they have electric side on. On each end of the lake. Nice. So, you know, you can go in there. You don't have to get worry about getting beat up by boat traffic. The fish are basically non-pressured. So if you can find them, you can really wreck them pretty good. And how, how does it set up? Does it, uh, like like we were saying, uh, like grassy, rocky, deep, a little bit of everything? Is it a good, diverse habitat? Over where I was fishing, it was a uh, main lake near the dam. And you got a little bit of aquatic vegetation, and then also ledges, uh, rock, rocky points, 
So you got a little bit of everything. I love that. What about where you were at, Justin? I was actually up in the the start of the creek uh, on the other end of the lake. Oh, nice. that's interesting. So, so yeah. this is what's cool, man. Jersey we just a, went up. Yeah, I did. Well, here's what's cool. So the biggest storylines, in my opinion, that kayak fishing has, and I'm always thinking about the future, right? The future is television, live streaming, right? For kayak fishing tournaments, right? Whenever that happens with whatever organization chooses to take it to that level. I know Paddle and Vin's doing some live streaming now, you know, and on their tournament trail already. So you would think these other national organizations aren't too far behind. Um, because man, you guys are, are pulling it off right now. It's not easy and it's not perfect, but the biggest storyline is always going to be, uh, it's so beautiful too, because kayaks can go places that, that bass boats can't. So in the bass boat world, if it's major league fishing, elite series, Bassmaster, whatever, the storyline's always, are these shallow skinny water guys going to, is this going to play or is it the offshore structure and the electronics guys? And you got this battle uh, or the bank beaters in certain times of the year, the guys just running the bank as fast as they can, but we have an additional element and that's, it's going up even further than the boats can get. So we have this really, really two completely separate, even further than the bass boat world, because we can go offshore. We can hit those, you know, humps with the boulders and the brush piles and pan optics, but we can also go even shallower and skinnier in backwaters and sloughs and oxbows that the, bo the boats cannot go. And you guys were doing the complete opposite. So that's really cool because I think that the best anglers at both of those styles on any given day, on any tournament, it could be first place is, you know, offshore, second place is super skinny or the bank or whatever you want to call it. And then third place is offshore. It could just be back and forth, back and forth. And that's cool that y'all were doing different things. So that, that's pretty neat, man. And now, Justin, were you in the, the electric-only section? So like, like Rick said, both sides, the ramp that I put in is only electric or kayaks. Where he put in is where the boats can come in. But back to the right where he come in is only electric. Where I'm at, uh, the boats can still come back there, but they, they have to run just their, their trolling motors. Right. Which okay. is still, that's still something that limit them. I mean, I know a lot of guys that don't like to put their trolling motors down for long periods of time to, to actually like cover distance. Like, yeah. like if they're having to shut down at the beginning of a Creek arm and then run all the way, a lot of guys that'll turn them away because I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Even with an electric motor on my kayak, I, I can't sit still knowing I can just hit that button and just, you know, take off. Yeah, I'd for sure. I'd say from the main lake, what do you think, Rick? Probably half a mile to three quarters of a mile back to the Guilford Marina. Yeah, yeah, probably so. It's yeah, and that, yeah, that's a trolling motor distance there. They got to go. Okay, right. so Rick, without giving away any, you know, too much or whatever. So where you were fishing was the actual spot you were casting and catching most of your fish. That was electric only over there. It was okay. So was that a decision in y'all's minds? I'm curious about that. Was that a, a conscious decision? Like I'm going to fish the electric only areas because I feel like it's getting less pressure or did it just happen to be that's where the fish are and you know, like that, one of those situations. That area for me, I'm just more familiar with that area than any other part of the lake. Gotcha. So what I, about I, you, Justin? Yeah. So, I mean, me and Rick are both locals here. Uh, he's actually probably two miles down the road from here. From where I live at. <laughs> uh, so that, that that's our home lake. Uh, when I've got free time, that's where I'm at. And, you know, 
Macintosh has come on come on the map this year. Um, a lot of big fish have been caught there, and there's more and more people coming. So uh, when you can yeah. get away from them boats, it's and and the pressure, it's oh yeah, phenomenal over there. You guys would be deadly as a as a team if there was a team <laughs> tournament. You guys live right there. You're one and one and two. You'd be deadly. Uh, I'm gonna look up real quick how many acres this lake is, or do you guys know? I think it's about 1,500. Eleven fifty, maybe fourteen hundred, something. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. Wow, yeah. so that's not big at all. That's not. That's really not very big at all. You can go from one ramp to the other in a boat in five minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's small, man. Um, we, we've got a bunch of little lakes like that down here that are. Uh, I think two or three of them are electric only. Complete. Well, not true. They've got twenty five horse limits. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. but those are the, I like, I like the little, little lakes like that because it's like, you get your own like micro, like, like for me, like one of them sets up like, like Gunnersville, but you can cover it in 22 minutes on a kayak. Like it's like deep by the dam. There's a ledge, there's a 90 foot drop off. There's a Creek, there's the frogging and the grass. And th- those are fun. Like I love finding little lakes like that. It's starting to like, kill me going to these big lakes like i don't get as excited about going and trying to figure out a spot to fish on pickwick mm-hmm. when i'm go to one of those lakes and it's only got two ramps it's like and if i if i put in at one and the fishing sucks you can get to the other one on the water in no time you know mm-hmm. well yeah. tell me you, you told us kind of why you made your decisions i want you to kind of go in depth in that and lead me into how your pre-fishing went if you pre-fished either one of y'all that want to start Unfortunately, I wasn't able to pre-fish. Um, I was in a, a accident, vehicle accident, uh, about four weeks ago or a month ago. So I totaled my truck. Oh. So I was scrambling trying to get a vehicle. I have a uh, trailer that I pull my kayak on, and I was scrambling to find a vehicle to pull my trailer so I could get to the lake. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to pre-fish. But just my experience on that lake, I mean, I've been fishing that lake since early 90s. So I was very familiar with it in my Garmin uh, unit. Uh, I got two media waypoints. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it, you said it opened in the '80s, right? Uh, the '80s, somewhere around. Yeah, it opened in the late '80s, I believe. Wow. early 1990s. Dude, you've been catching every generation. Like you've caught the the grandfather of the fish that you caught today, you know, or whatever that does, was last weekend. You've you've caught all generations of those fish. So when you throw it back and you say, you know, get bigger, you know, like your dad or whatever, you, you've literally caught them all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember you. I caught your granddaddy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. That's very rare that a lake is that young because we're as a society we're not making lakes anymore that are that are you know that big. I guess that this isn't that big, so it makes sense that because it's that recent it's not giant right but we're no longer making these humongous reservoirs i think that's pretty much done um because so basically not really any more new playing fields for fishermen are available which again that's a whole another rabbit hole about how our sport is always (laughs) always going to be limited because everyone's talking about yeah growing the sport you know and growing the sport well you can't grow it if you can't grow you can't make new playing fields. So at some point they're all going to get filled up and then people are not going to enjoy it. So kayak fishing is that growth. So anyway, we'll get on to Justin now. Uh, or unless Ricky, do you have any more? Sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut you that off. Was it. Absolutely. So the pre-fishing, no pre-fishing, no pre-fishing. All right. He, he just showed up and smacked the yeah, hammer down. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Justin? So, um, the last time I was out there was about a week and a half before, uh, 
just went out there for a couple hours, like I do every week, uh, catch a few fish, come home. Uh, just I had an idea that I, I could catch some fish on that Guilford side. Um, the day kind of started out really weird. Uh, I woke up, looked out my window, and it was daylight. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Done that. Yeah. Looked at my clock. It was 610. Uh, they were leaving the ramp at 630. Managed to get up. Hightail it out of here. Got to the store. Got me some ice, some water. Made it to the ramp as they were leaving. Um, got everything set up. Jumped in the boat and took off. I was like, where's my phone at? <laughs> Managed to find it. It, it. it was in the boat. Get to my spot, and I said, all right, let's get everything situated. Didn't have my net in the boat, nothing. I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be a bad day. Well, just ended up sitting there, and about three minutes into the tournament, I put up my first fish, which was a 17 and three quarters. I said, well, maybe not too bad now. Yeah. Uh, then it just it just died off, man. I didn't I didn't have any any other bites till about ten thirty that day. I cannot stand when you go from a, a quick early bite and then you get that lull. Like my confidence goes down so quickly in those because like you you hitting those first few casts and then nothing and it's like yep. Well, did I know what that was or was that just a fluke? And then you start playing the you know the. Do I run, check a different pattern? You know, it's a mind game, man. So that's, yeah. Actually, that's that's what I did. Uh, I, I took off from where I was at and actually went out to the main lake. Got up there and I started throwing for a few minutes and I'm like, Dustin, what are you doing here? I said, you know where the fish are. I turned around, went straight back to where I was at and uh, went kind of just off the wall and started beating the banks for a little bit just to, you know, catch a few fish because I hadn't had anything. And a lot of the guys already had limits. Uh, ended up catching like a 15, a 14. My fifth fish was a 10 inch fish that jumped off the board. That's uh, just insult to injury. Yeah. So then about 50 yards down the bank, I, I hooked my first 20 and three quarters. So it, uh, things started looking a little brighter at that point. Hey, here, I'll, I didn't go over them. I'll, I'll give you the numbers real quick for everybody listening. Um, so, Justin, obviously, we said at the beginning, you ended up in second, but you had 89 and a quarter, which is always a good limit. You know, you had a pair of 20 and three quarters. Summertime, and, uh, that's... Yeah. Summertime, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to hold off on Ricky's number until we get into his day, but continue on, man. How, how did it go from there? So, I hooked that... Uh... 20 and three quarters right up on the bank, which was very surprising. Um, I finished working that bank, went back up, up the Creek a little bit further, well, back towards the main lake a little bit, ran into one of my buddies and, uh, he was fishing a point. I actually went back in the cove and hooked a, uh, 14 and three quarters, which, uh, upgraded a couple of my smaller ones. I said, man, I'm on, I'm going to go back this way again. I said, something just telling me to go back up here. And uh, there's about 30 minutes left of the tournament. Hadn't had any more bites. I said, there's a bridge right there. I said, I'm going to see if I can find one up on this pylons right there. And sure enough, I threw right over there and uh, was able to hook up with my last 20 and three quarters right there at the uh, the end. 
that fish, uh, being my kicker fish there, uh, raised me nine and a quarter inches on my Ooh, last. Yeah. Gotta love that big jump. Yeah. What was your, uh, what was your, uh, what were you catching them on? Were you, you know, kind of junk fishing or did you have a thing you were working pretty good? So my, my first one, I was in some deep water. Uh, I was throwing a flutter spoon, a Ben Parker, uh, six and a half inch flutter spoon. Something I have, cannot do. I have, I don't have the patience for that. Was able to catch him, you know, like I said, right off. And then when I had looked at the leaderboard and saw that everybody had fish and they were putting up 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s like that, I knew what they were doing. They were fishing the banks with, you know, soft plastics, wacky rigging it. I said, if that's what it takes to get numbers on the board, we're going to go with it. And sure enough, it was able to put up put up a limit and one of those 20 and three quarters. Um, my last one on that ridge pylon, again, was on that six and a half inch flutter spoon. That's killer, man. That that's yeah. definitely a bait that's on my list to learn. And the wacky rig, you can't. Like I know people that still to this day that have kayak fish longer than I have that are big into the tournament scene and tell me that they've never thrown a wacky rig. How? If all like, else fits, throw it. What? <laughs> Drew, you don't throw a wacky rig either. Never done one. Never needed to. <laughs> well, you can say that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I literally have told people I'll throw it when I find that when I fail to find fish that'll eat the way I want to catch them. And that's what I look for in every tournament because I can always find them that'll they'll eat the power fishing bait. Now, do I have a soft plastic rigged up as a follow up bait? Sure, but it's not a, a wacky rig. You know, it's like a Z Man Streaks or something, which is a a little bit of a you know um, with like an extra wide gap hook you know with a little lightweight probably like a one eighth ounce or, or lighter just as a follow-up though but it's i mean it's a soft plastic that swirl and die and that you just twitch it's i mean they would eat a wacky rig they'd eat something like that you know what i mean it's i don't think they're gonna be that picky really but um but a wacky rig is nice because you can skip it good i mean you can skip that streaks good too but you can when you twitch it it does hold into place a lot better you know what i mean and in that area unlike the streaks but i just you know never had a, a real that's reason insane. to put one put one on so anyway i'm very pro yeah. wacky rig my man <laughs> All it works man <laughs> hey, what's like your uh, what? about, go ahead well, i was gonna say like we talked about the dichotomy of the two different styles here that we have being first and second it's the same thing we're talking about with how i've never thrown a, a wacky rig it's just right. you know it, it works true. for other people and they, and they win tournaments with it nothing knocking it but um you know a lot of times it's about finding the fish and they'll probably bite you know 75% of the lures that are even out there, as long as you're not throwing something that looks, you know, unrealistic and that's horrible, then it's just about finding where they're at. These guys found, I think where they were at pretty good and, and made some good, good cast to them. If it's, if it's a, a bank deal, but Hey, real quick, I did want to mention one thing. You said that everyone left the ramp. Do you guys all leave from one location then drive to your, to your launches or is it, or is it a single launch? So we can, any public access ramp we're able to use, they have two. So we had guys at the Alamance side and the Guilford side. I think it was about 30 of them where I put in at. So there's two, basically two public accesses to the right that you had. So it almost is like a, you know, one like access almost. Kind of. I mean, because you only got two. So that's, that's interesting, man. That's cool. So you guys kind of had to race off and, you know, get to your spots first. I so actually, kind of, I, cool. I enjoy the, getting to pick my own spot, you know, like finding those little hidden public launches. But like when I went to Lake Fork, we were at, 
I mean, it's not a secret. We were at Mark Daniel's spot and the ramp is like a mile from the spot and you got there and there's like 25 people all sitting in the water next to each other. It's like a, just like in the boats, man. It's just like a drag race of people paddling, pedaling and kicking the little torpedoes on and stuff that like, I like, and like you said, you got, you know, you got there as they were leaving. I've done that before. Did that make you like, did you start to push a lot faster to get your stuff ready or does that, well, I've already missed them leaving. I'm going to calmly take off. I can probably already say you didn't because you left your net and things like that. You know, you left without <laughs> some gear. So you well, were well, humping I, it to get in there. I mean, I got there. It, it was only about a two minute ride in the boat to mm. where I wanted to be. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't really concerned. I just, I was still half asleep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just, just trying to get everything figured out, you know, and I just didn't open the back of my truck and grab, grab my net. It just, just was one of those things. And it actually, I, I texted my partner that I was fishing in that other event with. And, you know, I told him I was running late. I forgot my net. And his response was, that sounds like a day that you're going to win a tournament. I said, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Very close. Dude, that's another topic. Not I, I'm, I'm not anti-net, but I don't I don't use one. Same with the wacky rig. I don't use a net, man. I just I, I feel like I lose more fish trying to use one anyway. So I've I been guilty lately it. having it on the front of the boat, and I still want to touch the fish's face first, so I don't use it. <laughs> or I'm I'm bad about it. I'll put it on the front of the boat, and the next thing I know, I've got rods laid on top of it, and then it's absolutely yeah. useless anyway. Useless. I'm just yeah. gonna stop taking it, like. Right, I like, hey, I like the old boat flip. I know for well for largemouth especially, man. I feel like you just don't. They're so easy to to just lip. I mean, and, and or boat flip when you know when you're using well tactics like I do with thirty pound braid, not that hard. But uh, hey, real quick, another question for for the CC uh uh was it CCKF, CCKF. right? Um, do you guys allow motors or no no motors? Yes, you do. Okay, gotcha. So you are going by KBF rules. It sounds like basically right. okay. Yeah, cool. Very cool, man. So well, Justin, I didn't ask you what boat are you in. Uh, I've got a Jackson Big Rig. Okay, you a got boat. the FD or? A boat. Yeah, it's the HD FD. Mm-hmm. That but thing I... was intimidating to look at, but that thing moves pretty good. Hey, it's great. I get about five miles an hour out of my motor guide. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got the XI three on the front. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think nice. I've seen one of those on a big rig yet. That's pretty cool. I've seen you I've seen them on everything else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I'd like to see that. How did you do? You have a custom bracket on on the front to mount it. Did you Zip use tats. the the ins, inserts from the handle or something, or how does that how'd that work? So Denny Romero with On the Water Innovations uh, designed the mount for it, and uh, he he's actually running a big rig as well. Mm-hmm. He had one, he built one for me, and it actually go, goes through the handles, the handle holes, and the front latch holes, so you didn't have to drill anything. That's perfect. Hey, that. no, that's a great boat for a for a motor guide bow mounted. You know, that's a really good boat. I remember, you know, when I was with Jackson, that was one of our more popular boats. You know, and it was super stable and just real, real popular seller. So, sounds like a good choice to me. Yeah, um, I just I just picked it up about had it about three weeks now. Uh, I had a bona fide before one twenty seven. Love that boat. It just it wasn't made for them big waters. Uh, you know. We were out on Falls Lake during Father's Day weekend for a tournament, and every every time a boat went by, man, it was just water coming in. I said, "This is this is going to stop." 
Hmm. I would have never thought about that, but I don't, I honestly don't know anybody that with a 127 that does fish, you know, the bigger water. So it's good to know. There's your little tip for anybody listening. So Ricky, I want to know now, I'm going to go ahead and throw your numbers out there. So as I said, second place was 89 and a quarter. My man, Ricky came in with 104 and three quarters. He had a 22, Ooh. a 21 and a half, Jeez. a 21, a 20 quarter, and a 20. He gave everybody that gap sauce. So I, I got to hear about this day. It You 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 fished this lake since basically it was impounded. So you yeah. prove you knew where the fish were. <laughs> Take that's it away. A, that's amazing. Yeah, just that morning starting out. Uh, I already knew where I was going to go, or at least go check anyway. You know, I, I've gone to this area several times in the past and hooked up with some really nice quality fish. So um, I headed out there. We were able to launch at 630, but lines in were, was at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it took me about 15 minutes to get to the area. So once I got there, I just uh, paddled or pedaled over over the area that I wanted to fish, uh, looking at my Garmin unit. I was marking some pretty good marks. So that told me, it's, you know, there's fish in the area. There was bait there. Um, so I, I, there again, like I mentioned, I graphed the area and checked some other spots. And, and there was definitely some movement going on. Um, a lot of bait, I said, and, uh, and the fish were just sitting on a hump there's a hump Mm -hmm. up out there and they were just sitting on that hump and right off one side it dropped off to 18 foot it come up to six foot on top of the very peak of the hump and then it dropped off to 18 and then on one side and then on the opposite side it dropped off to 30 foot so uh, wow they were stacked more on the shallow side to 18 Uh, i was marking from 12 to 16 foot just sitting on that ledge and uh, so finally lines in at seven o'clock. I fished for about 20 minutes throwing a, uh, a worm, throwing a watermelon worm, and uh, finally hooked up with my first fish, which was the 21. Um, Killer first fish. <laughs> yeah. And uh, got it in, got my picture taken, and uh, let it go. And then I kept fishing and fishing and thought I was making the exact same presentation or the same cast because once I hooked the 21, I got a little buoy marker. I always have it there ready to go. So I throw it out right beside the the, uh, kayak when I uh, hooked my first fish. So that told me where my boat was positioned at. Mm -hmm. So then after that, I went back, sat right back up beside that buoy marker and started making a fan cast out in front just trying to uh locate that school there was a school there and just trying to locate that school and and it was probably about an hour later one bit and i hooked up with it and and got it in and it was a 21 and a half so now you know they're all big (laughs) yeah what you know one bite per hour as long as you're landing it and they're that big i could get down with that yeah. And you're just just basic tech basic Texas rig, rig presentation, or yep, yep. God, I love that. Just, just working, <laughs> it, working it along that ledge is all I was doing. I, I had tried uh, pulling it up the ledge, 
and I wasn't getting any bites. And I moved around and I tried to pull it off the ledge, you know, dropping it down the ledge. And I wasn't getting any bites that way. It was strictly like they wanted it, just one certain way. And the wind, and it really helped out too because the wind, I was able to point my boat directly into the wind. And uh, I'm in a uh, native Slayer Propel 13. So I was able to just sit there and pedal and hold my position really well. And, you know, at the most that morning, eight to 10 miles an hour. So it really wasn't bad at all. And uh, I, it, I was able to keep uh, making a presentation that they wanted. Um, and that worked for you all day? Yeah, well, I, uh, I was only able to pull three of the fish off that spot. So, uh, you know, three giants. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, what was the size of the third one? Was it also a 20 plus? It was a 22, okay. the biggest. A 22. One. All right. On the worm. Yep. What, what what was the weight you were using to get down that depth? Was this a, a light finesse kind of weight, finesse weight, or was it, it like was, a half ounce? Uh, okay. Quarter ounce. Quarter. Okay. Yeah. Quarter because there's some there's some vegetation in there so if mm -hmm. i use too much i would be dragging that vegetation back up that ledge and once right. i got all over the weight and so forth so i was yeah. using the lightest weight i could to still pull it through that vegetation and pull it kind of parallel on that ledge and um you, you could you could it was a unique bite it was like they were just bulldogging when when you would get it a little bit of grass you'd pop it free and then you make maybe maybe a half a turn and just lift a rod tip and they would just drive it. You just kill them as like a bulldog and into the into the uh, rocks or, or, or vegetation. Did you ever try anything else? Like, uh, did you try throwing like a crankbait to 12, 14 foot or something like that, or or did you just stick with the worm because you you know from your experience on the lake, you know you got to how to catch them with that worm? Yeah, I'm, I'm strictly soft plastics ninety percent of the time. Uh, and if I can get a bite, a quality bite, uh, that's, that's my, you know, that's my ride all day long. I'm oh yeah. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. If, if you've had three bites and you're yeah. talking like 15 pounds of fish, yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting that worm down. Would, would you be willing to give away what type of worm? If you don't want to say exactly which, you know, brand worm or anything like that. It was a, uh. It's the Bass Pro. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Bass Pro's brand. Yeah. Like rib, like is it a ribbon tail worm? Yeah, the seven inch. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's uh, awesome. That is, man. Hey, you know, you can't argue with, you know, results. And you got the results. I was just curious if you ever tried mixing it up to see if you could just trigger them in some other way, um, given you're getting like a bite an hour. It's kind of slow. But, you know, you can't argue with with a guy who just put up 104 inches. That was uh, obviously an amazing day. So tell us how you got the your next two fish to fill this incredible limit. I, I left from there. Um, well, I didn't go far. I went about 60 yards over to a uh, – steep bank that I also I come through that area and mark fish on that before the tournament ever began that morning so I knew there was fish there as well and uh, I went back there and there's a few trees that had fell off and it and it's a primarily a steep bank um, so I was throwing up in those trees and pulling it back out 
and uh, caught my second uh, 20 inch, the even 20 inch fish off of, uh, I, I suspect the end of a tree lap. Probably, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty steep. So it was probably around the 12 to 14 foot range where he was laying or she was laying. And uh, got that one and I was, you know, I was like, okay, I'm sitting on four fish. So I went over to a, uh, another grassy point on the opposite side, another 50 or 60 yards from that area, and, and uh, was able to hook up to a 13 and three quarter. Got that one in the boat to give me five fish. Was that kind of depressing after everything you'd already caught? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, <laughs> well, what, what is time? this? Yeah. <laughs> what time was this? What time was it when you caught this 13? About approximately. 11:30, and your lines out time is is what for this term like two something maybe or three it was uh yeah i think it was, was it two or three just three o'clock yeah three o'clock three okay so you're, you're you got plenty of time left but you're it feels good to get that fifth now when you got four 20s in there to go along yeah. with it that's that was probably enough to win it i mean i don't know what that adds up to but uh it's but you probably obviously it sounds like you cold that one because you got 104 so yeah uh, it made 98 inches. Okay, yeah. You already <laughs> had. Yeah. And, and, 98 with a 13. Yeah. And I, I looked, I went to uh, upload my fish, and they had turned the standings off. So I didn't have a clue what anybody else was doing. And I know that McIntosh has some really good areas in it. Uh, you know, I, I've gotten beat before thinking that I was – you know, had the winning bag and, and come in and, you know, there again, Dude. somebody got on them too. So even this yeah. tournament, I went back and looked and there was 15 fish caught over 20 inches at this tournament and mm -hmm. tons of 18s and 19s and so forth. So it, it's, it's got some quality too. Yeah. You know, Definitely. Justin, Justin's over here living two miles and away, away fishes it all the time too. So, you know, guys like him are oh, out yeah. there and anything is, is possible. If you're catching twenties, how do you know the rest of the field isn't catching twenties when the standings are off? So it, now it makes sense, right. man. But, uh, yeah. yeah. How'd you get rid of this uh, 13? What was the next, your next step? I just started working my way back towards the boat ramp and, and looking at points and looking at, uh, steep bluffs and fishing some tree laps and, uh, Finally, I uh, got up near the bridge. Uh, there's a bridge there and uh, went back in a little pocket there where I know there's a ledge mm -hmm. and uh, cast it out and was working parallel to that ledge and, and caught the last 20 and a half. And this was about, I think at two o'clock. And yeah, lines out was at three. So yeah, I caught it with a little less than ahead. an hour ago. Put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, but you you yeah. had to you had to have thought, man. No, hundred and four. Like even though you're not seeing the standings, now I do I do feel what Drew said because you never know. And I'm I'm the big on the if I'm doing good, someone's doing better. Like I don't ever believe anything I'm doing is going to be at the top of that that leaderboard, you know. But did did you were you pretty confident or were you kind of still like? Yeah, at that point. Uh... I reeled the rod in and put it in the rod holder and headed towards the, towards the ramp. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Count your blessings and leave. <laughs> Dude, you didn't pull the order pe ordering pizza move, did you? <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. But, I, uh, you know, I, I 
definitely, you know, that was my goal, especially when I had 98 inches. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I got to break 100. I mean, how many people in a tournament, you know, uh, yeah, I, I know they do it Florida and Texas and, you know, some of those states there just got the mega bass, but North Carolina, I mean, you know, I was definitely wanting to go for it. This is your first century belt then in a tournament. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. That that's pretty exciting. So, is it safe to say electronics were a big player in your win? And if so, what kind are you using? And do you feel these fish were were? It sounds to me like they're already just totally set up offshore. Obviously, all your you know down south, your spawn's been over for a while. The fish are now grouped up, and you just use your electronics to find them. And do you think those fish were down there eating, uh, feeding on shad, or what? What do you think was their main forage down there, I, uh, other than a green or a watermelon ribbon tail worm? <laughs> I, uh, really, I, they were just sitting there. I don't think they were feeding at all. I mean, I just had to put gotcha. it in front of them. So I, nothing I spit up. Anything. You never saw one something in their mouth or throat. I did. No, no, none of them spit anything up. Now, probably what I suspect is, you know, at midnight or so, they'll move up on that hump, you know, up on that six-foot area and, and feed at night. And then sun's up, they just mingle back down to where they're comfortable at and just hang out. Yeah. Um, you know, I did see some shad flicker here and there and some fish roll out of them, but I, don't, I think they were, you know, your smaller, you know, 14 inches or something of that nature. It wasn't the fish that I was wanting to go after. Not the biggins. Yeah. yeah. What, what electronics were you running? I'm running a Garmin, a nine-inch Garmin um, SV, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. I just got one. I just got a Garmin. I think it's Echo Map. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to go look at the box. Echo Map. Some, and Not it's a, SV. It's a, yeah, it's a 10-inch one. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I got it from the guys at the Bass Tank. uh pretty cool so i'm gonna set that bad boy up and it's got the live scope and you know it's not like it's my thing you know what i mean but um it doesn't hurt to have just one more tool in your arsenal for certain situations and hey if it helps me you know one two three four events a year then that's one two three four places up it probably you know got me you know some better aoi points or cash or whatever so you know to me it's all about these are all tools, you know, it's the motor, the kayak, the paddle, the, the rods, the reels, everything. You may not need a power pole in every tournament, but boy, the time you need one or the time you need a motor, it, it sure comes in handy. And it, it all adds up to a better, you know, a better year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always say this, Jimmy, you'll hear me use this example a lot on the show. And if, if you guys uh, listen to the show, which I'm sure Justin and Rick, you guys are avid listeners, I'm sure of the reel down here, but you're going to hear me <laughs> say this. There's a reason why at some point, Olympic swimmers at some point in history of time started shaving the hair on their freaking arms and legs. They realized it gained you a 0.003, whatever, you know, seconds and all this little stuff, a bass fish. And that's what people have to understand. They're all, there's a place and a time for all of it. And it does add up. And and Rick, you just chose the right place, the right time to utilize those electronics. I'm not sure if you, you use electronics, you know, for every tournament, but this was the one that, that, that it paid off for you. And that's, that's awesome, man. Huge congrats on just an epic, epic day. Not many people can say, you know, they've hit a hundred plus. So you're one of them and congrats, man. 
Thank you. Thank you. And I want yeah. to get Justin to teach me how to do that flutter spoon too. I mean, Heck yeah. Yeah. I, I need a video on this. Yeah. Y'all, y'all can teach me too. Cause yeah. I've got them, but I always feel stupid when I'm using them. Like I just don't feel like I'm doing, like I watched the, you know, uh, Zaldane. Zaldane's really good with a spoon and I just can't do it. Like I just, I put it down and pull out the drop shot here, something way opposite direction. I, I wanted to take a step back, Justin, you know, we, we asked Rick, you know, why he, you know, did he think they were there feeding? Did you have any explanation for why you were finding those big fish up that shallow? Was it just early morning feed or? No. So like I said, I, I caught that 17 and three quarters uh, first thing. And then it was 10, 10 30 before I had another bite. Uh, like you said earlier, before we come on, you know, you get to that point and you're like, man, I just want to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was hot. It was miserable. I just, it just turned out to be one of those days. And like I said, I looked at the leaderboard and saw what these guys were doing and put two and two together and just, and just rolled with it. You know, uh, McIntosh, it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still new to this whole lake fishing. I just started last year. I bought, bought a kayak and just, just jumped in and started running. Uh, since then I've had four kayaks. <laughs> uh, it happens quick. Yeah. So, I think I have four right now. <laughs> no, no, I only got two right now, <laughs> but, uh, I, I just went with, with my gut feeling. I just, I, I knew what these guys were doing and could see it, you know, just, just by the type of fish that were coming onto the scoreboard. And, uh, so, I looked up, I guess, with that 20 and three quarters, he was sitting, or he, she, whatever, was sitting in about maybe two foot of water. Uh, that was I, that was that the one you caught on the uh, on the plastics on the bank. Yes. So yeah, so, how deep was the one that you caught? At what like a twenty something on the spoon? Uh, so right there at that bridge, it varies. Uh, I want to say that side I was on is about. About 20 foot. Uh, yeah. Cause that's not but, a shallow water tactic. Yeah. You need to be in a little bit. But, of, right. Yep. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't do like the traditional cause the, the thermocline's already set up over on that side of the lake. I'm, I hadn't mm-hmm. been to that, on that side lately. I'm, I'm sure it's probably sitting at about 15 foot. Uh, but I just, I threw it up there beside that bridge and just, and just let it go back and forth. And I guess it was smacking the side of that pylon and, it didn't. It didn't make it, but probably maybe ten foot down, uh, and she just hammered it. What's that, that bite like? Like just an instant, like running away, kind of like like a crankbait, or? Oh, uh, best way that I can explain it. I mean, I, I run it on braid because uh, I mean it's a it's obviously a a real heavy bait. Uh, oh yeah. Actually, here's one sitting on my table right here. Here's a smaller one. This is about a, I think this one's a four inch. So you can imagine how big the other one is. Uh, it's, it's almost kind of like a jerk bait bite in a way, you know, mm. you, you hit that pop and there he is, you know, you're like, Oh, there's yeah. a fit. <laughs> it's kind of like that. And uh, like I said, I'm new to fishing those. Uh, I started doing it when I got my live scope uh, earlier, earlier at the earlier in the year. Um, 
it was just it was another tool that I could use, and you could see the bait. That, you know, it works. Yeah. So here's a not to cut you off, Drew. Here's a quick question, just because you said live scope. So obviously another tool for the trade. But you being, like you said, you're in the, before we got on, you know, you're in the rookie of the year running and everything like that. To, to be new to it, what pushed you to go ahead and go that, you know, a lot of guys kind of ease their way into their tech. What, what just, did you think it just gave you that much of an advantage over someone that doesn't have it? No. Or did you find a good deal on it? Well, I've actually already sold it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it went to something else. But, uh, so I didn't have that the other day. Um. No, my brother, he, he was a pretty big crappy fisherman and, you know, he's got it on his boat and it just, it, I mean, it's pretty amazing how it works. Uh, oh yeah. It's mind blowing to me. Like, I mean, one, one thing it'll do, it'll, it'll really upset you is what it'll do. <laughs> Cause you can see the fish and they see your bait. They'll come right up to it and turn away, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> and you're like, what am, I doing, what am I doing wrong? So, I mean, it just, it just goes to show you without it, you're throwing, you're throwing your bait and not getting no bites, but the fish, the fish are probably there. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, like you just said, like it can hurt your feelings by doing that, but you can think of it in this next mindset. Well, okay. This obviously isn't what he wants. So right. that, that, that switch. Been, that's been my philosophy with it that, you know, you can see how they're reacting to what you're throwing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I've sat in one place and I threw this, I threw that. They, I mean, they come just charging at it and just hit the brakes. And then over kind of where uh, Rick was at over in that vicinity uh, back in April, May, uh, I was actually out there. I caught a few that morning and I said, you know what? I said, I bought this live scope. I need to put it in the water. You know, <laughs> when I'm running around and stuff, I, I, I keep it out of the water. But I put it in the water and looked out. I was looking at about 65, 70 foot, and there was a bass sitting up off of this roadbed. So I threw a jerk bait over there and, and I popped it a couple times. And next thing I know, I've got an eight pounder in the boat. Wow. And yeah. that could have been a fish that you might have just scammed right over with traditional. Never would have yeah. thought to, to throw in that area, you know, other than just because. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Well, tell me about this real quick. Uh, are you using like a seven and a half foot rod? Is that like a medium heavy or a heavy action? Even with with the how how um, heavy that spoon is, or what's your your rod and reel setup like? So, so this uh this flutter spoon is two and a half ounces. I run I'm running a, a Dobbins uh, Fury. I think it's I love a those rods. I think it's a seven two heavy. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. Uh, I just I just picked it up the other day. Uh, you know, I'm slowly Let's, upgrading upgrading my equipment. It's just it's right. Just been a process, you know, getting everything going. Is it uh, a casting rod? Yes. It's a 30, 30, I run yeah. sixty five pound braid. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Big Get braid. Something. So with that bite, is it uh you know I fish spoons in the winter before and lakes and you know you're just you know jigging it up and down. And obviously I've watched Zaldane fish it and I've not, I really it's one of the things I'm interested in possibly utilizing in certain situations too, but uh, never have to this point. So I'm excited about this conversation. So when you throw it in there, it, it's just like a regular spoon. Obviously you're you're 
casting a little bit out there. You can cast it out pretty far and then just you're up and then following it down, right? You got to follow, you got to keep in contact with that line. So you know when the bite is. So to me, it, it probably is also similar to, let's say you're flipping in some matted vegetation in Florida and you're kind of yo-yoing up and down, but it, you got to follow your bait on the way down to feel and know if they're going to bite in that braid, having no stretch with a heavy action rod, having again, no, no, tip to, to absorb any shock so you want to feel all that right so is that kind of what you're doing you're just feeling the bait as it goes down before you yank back up and then follow it down and then boom you just know when it hits because there's no absorption in any of that you know which there shouldn't be right is that kind of about right yeah i mean i fish it a couple of different ways i, I can't say if it's right or wrong <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> certain certain areas like one of the places i was fishing in is about 50 foot deep. And like I said, that thermocline is already set up. So half of that, over half of that water's no good now. Right. Yeah. So I, I throw that flutter spoon out there and, and I'll let it sit because, I mean, it's just doing this and you can feel every time it's doing this in the water. You can feel it all the way down. But you're keeping uh, contact with the line, right? Like you're kind of following it, right? Or are you just. I keep I mean, my finger on the line. Right. Just so, just so I can feel it, because even in that rod, that rod's got a. It's real sensitive. I can, I can feel every, mm. every sway back and forth. Right. I, that's one. Like I love Dobbins. I've been on their team for uh, about a year now, and that's something I will always say to them. Compared to a lot of rod companies, that Fury series, for the price point, it is one hundred and twenty dollar rod. They are stupid sensitive for. Yeah. Like a lot of guys buy them as like their first step up off of like, you know, 40, $50 rod. And I like, I've upgraded a bunch of my Dobbins to champions and the extreme HPs and stuff like that. But like my, my heavy action rods are all still furies. Like the 735 uh, mag heavy frog rod. I have not found a frog rod to this day. That's got a tip sensitivity to that rod. And I, it, you said it's a seven, two. I, th- I wonder if yours is a seven, three, a 734. It series theory that's a good rod sure <laughs> um man i was gonna say something i just lost my train of thought uh about oh the spoon <laughs> do you put a treble hook on it because it looked like the one you showed us had a single hook that's all i run right there this single hook one. Oh, yep. that's a treble okay yeah, i see a treble okay for some reason it looked like a single a minute ago when you, you picked yep. up and i thought that was a little odd so okay cool treble hook it is man and then you just yeah, I pick i picked these up down there at uh possum kingdom when i was down there at a local bait shop these right okay. here they actually i've caught quite a few nice fish off of them uh I, but I, I tend to switch to the uh the ben parkers they they're a little bit bigger lure but they just they they move better in the water yeah i, I get more more bites off of them yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, that spoon bite, you've got to be, like you said, we've talked about um, the right rod, the right reel setup, with the right line, because if you don't feel that bite and get them instantly, what what sane fish out there is going to hold a chunk of metal in their mouth for more than, you know what I mean, like 0.5 seconds? you got to know right when they hit. Like you said, the rod's great for it, your braid's great for it, and get them right then and then just – just crank them in fast, you know, like, like you've seen Zaldane do. He just gets them in, boat flips them. And, and an- another thing, with, yeah, you know, another thing with that spoon bite too, is that's a, like you said, it's two and a half ounces. That's a big chunk of metal they can use to 
use the weight of that lure to get it out of their mouth. So you got to be on your money with that. So now you see why I was worried about leaving my net. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, if, that's right. Because the bass master, they don't allow nets, so he just gets them in. You know, and it both flips them. But if you got one situation like that, you know, might as well use it. Yeah. So, well, dudes, we appreciate y'all coming on. I know it's y'all are ahead of my time. I know Drew is too. I don't want to keep y'all for too long. Uh, before we let everybody go, we always give them a chance to, you know, shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. So, take it away, Justin. Who makes it easy for you? Uh, I think Carolina Waters. They uh, they're sponsoring sponsoring our uh, KFL team. Um, I think Denny Romero for his trailers. Uh, I don't know where I would be without. Not one of those trailers right now. Uh, definitely wouldn't have made it to Texas or Alabama with what I had before. Um, let's see. Just everybody, you know, that's that's been around and helping us out this year. Uh, it's it's been a been a great adventure so far. Uh, being new to to the scene, I had I had a really good time. Uh, I, you're doing awesome people. too, man. You you to be you know running for that rookie of the year. You're doing you're doing killer. I'm sure we'll have you on for something else again in the future. I'm sure you'll yeah. get you a couple wins. Hey, and real quick, what do you think about uh, Possum Kingdom? And are you going to be doing? Are we going to see Justin at any more kind of national level tournaments uh, in the future? So I was actually going to try to make it to Pickwick this weekend, but it didn't didn't pan out. Uh, I don't know how. I think what's the next one? At, uh, it's like Chesapeake Bay, isn't it? Chesapeake Bay and then lacrosse for, for bass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'll be able to make Chesapeake, but lacrosse is in my sights. Uh, hopefully I can get there. Um, I'll be at the ABF national championship this year. This uh, mm-hmm. year, um, you know, we're doing the, the KFL team events. Uh, I'll actually be in Virginia this weekend fishing a, a match. And shout out your KFL team, man. Which team so, you on? The Tar Heel Lunkers. Uh, we got Matt Dunn, uh, Mike Wimmer, Don Trail Sullivan, Chris Decker, uh, Matthew Ortenzi. Let's see who else. Uh, Jeremy Hicks. I don't think I'm missing anybody there. <laughs> that should be it, right? Because aren't there like six of those? I think it's six man teams. And then if you add you, that's probably six. So you I am eight of us. So I'm missing. Oh, one. there's eight. Oh. I uh, thought you were only. Oh, I got you. There's alternates. That's right. There's like a couple yeah. alternates. Yeah, that's right. I think I'm. Oh, Steve Perry. Steve Perry. There you go. Nice. nice. You are right. left out, Steve. There you go. <laughs> hey man, well Steve. I'll see you. Uh, no, we we got you, Steve. We got you in there, nick of time, Justin. I'll see you at the national championship. Um, and if I end up doing the Upper Chesapeake, I'm. I don't know if I'm doing that one, but I'll I'll see you there if I do. I know I'm doing the Hobie susquehanna the week before so i'm not sure i'll be able to do two back-to-back like that um i, I don't the, think i'll be at chesapeake it'd be probably lacrosse yeah oh lacrosse that's right you said you weren't doing that yeah so uh i don't know if i'll be doing those uh but if uh but i'll see you at the national championship if nothing else and i look forward to you know following along with your the rest of your season so cool all right we appreciate it man all right ricky take us away who, who makes fishing easy for you uh definitely my daughter uh, she, she's in college now, so I'm, I'm pet sitting for her, but, uh, yeah, uh, she, she keeps everything, keeps everything normal for me, I should say, uh, keeps everything grounded, um, 
great kid. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you need that man. Like, mm-hmm. my my mine's only uh, ten years old and brings me back down to earth very quickly. So, yeah. and sometimes I need that. So I I feel you. Anybody else? Any any companies you you got working with well, you? Anything? If no, um, you know, I've had some help along the way. Uh, Dave Farrington at uh, Dave's Tourney Tackle and K and J Bates in uh, Jamestown. He's helped me out along the way with, you know, I can call him up or go see him and say, hey, I want a spinnerbait, you know, these kind of blades or this color skirt or even jigs, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to do a, you know, particular jig color or something like that. So he's helped me out in the past. And then um, also, you know, I'd like to thank the uh, anglers here in North Carolina. They yeah, man. You know, they pushed me and you, Drew. I mean, when we've competed, you know, down at yeah. San Cooper, you know, you know, just, They're just good. Competing, competing in the circuit and so forth. You guys keep me on my toes looking to learn new techniques and uh, learning electronics. And yeah, I'm definitely looking to get into some pan optics and stuff later on one day. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I see that's where it's going, and I'm going to have to step my game up to compete. Uh, I'm going to be down at the national championship as well and looking to hit the national scene, you know, next year with uh, BASS and some Hobie tournaments and, and get back out there on that scene as well. So, but yeah. That's I, awesome. I'd, I'd like to thank, you know, uh, you guys, you know, for doing the podcast and, and putting this out there and, and growing the sport like you do uh, that's what makes everything worthwhile and and keeps the interest going and and um well we we appreciate it man i it yeah we like to hear it you know what we do is a small part but it it's 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 fun to be able to do it i I love you know i love covering the big national tournaments and all that stuff but i think most of our better shows are when I like going through tourney X and well, now my wife goes through tourney X and picks them out, but you know, finds the, the cool events that happen. Like, like I was telling y'all before the show, she was like, Hey, she yelled from the off. She's like, there's a 15 inch gap between second and first. And I was like, write it down. I want to cover that one. Like, like we covered one before there was only like 10 people in it, but the guy caught a 26 and a quarter. When does that happen? Right. So, you know, like, but it's been great having y'all on. Uh, I hope to have y'all both on, you know, in the future, maybe see y'all at some tournaments. Uh, either y'all hit up lacrosse or anything like that. I'll probably be up there. Uh, yeah. But again, it was great to have you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, hey, one second, Drew. You, you were talking about uh the ordering the pizza. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, Mark Pendergraft. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pulling the Mark, I'm the, and... the, I'm the one that threw the net to him on day one. There you go, man. That's oh. cool, buddy. Yeah, it all comes full circle. It all comes back to the net. It always comes back to your net. Dude. I needed a Mark Pendergraft the other day. <laughs> maybe, maybe Mark you should have been still... texting him. <laughs> yeah, maybe Mark still got your net. That's why you don't have it at the tournament. <laughs> That's, That's cool, awesome, man. Yeah. No, I, the Possum Kingdom was a good time for sure, and that was a fun, fun event. So I can't wait for next year and. Uh, and that's your goal, right? Is to qualify or have you qualified for next year's um, yeah, yeah. BASS? See if I can get there. They're going to be closer to home this year. That's right. That's what I was going to say. A lot closer to home. So, 
I'm excited to uh, see it all shake down, man, and see how it goes this year and actually see what BASS does because I know they're going to be making some changes, you know, in the kayak series because they've just dipped their toes in the water. I think they're liking it. They're enjoying it. And they've been getting some feedback from the anglers, which, by the way, guys, I'm going to say this now and encourage everyone listening, communicate with your tournament directors, talk to them. They want to see the sport better. They're not going to take offense to things that, you know, they don't know something needs to get changed until we continue to bring it, you know, to the light and to their, you know, let them know, hey, we prefer this or that. And uh, so I just encourage you guys to do that. But but Bass has listened, uh, Dwayne Wally and those guys, he's getting up the ladder. So I'm excited to see what happens next year with BASS, the changes they'll make, if they're going to do a two-day event, if they're going to um, do more events, have an AOI you know, race, stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. So I'm excited, man. Excited to see you out there, Rick, as well. Some more national stuff next year. But let's get it on. Let's do it. And like you said, keep growing the sport, which kind of benefits everybody. And, and most importantly, I think – Again, bringing things full circle because I almost went down the rabbit hole earlier, but I didn't. But bringing it full circle, <laughs> we've got to grow the sport. We have to continue to keep going to locations like Macintosh and maybe not quite that small for big national events, which could hold, you know, could have 200 people sign up. But keep going to the these obscure lakes that don't get all the press from the bass boat world because those communities have tourism department like money as well. And right. they don't, they're not big enough for the bass boat or they don't, don't have enough money for the bass boat world to want to go there and but it's perfect for kayak because we don't need as much money we're not live streaming we don't have as many as much overhead so i'm excited to see how the sport grows but grow it in the in the areas that are already covered up with pressure and bass boats so let's let's hope that our little podcast here in our voice can help you know hopefully i don't know just push push this along in a, in a positive direction for the sport absolutely all right guys well it was good to have you and we'll see you next time all right, man. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. Me too. See you. All right. Another good show. I love I love seeing those big 100-inch bags. And congrats to Ricky again on a, his first century mark. I still haven't got one. So I've come close a couple of times, but I can't wait to hit that mark. I know that had to have been a to, – to, to be not at lines out time and be able to just like, all right, I'm done. Like – I did it. <laughs> Dude, that's, Killer feeling. <laughs> I've only done it once, the century mark in a tournament. Now I've been fishing these tournaments a couple of years. Um, I'd say two and a half years going at them hard, these national scene stuff. Um, and even when I won, it was in a summer, late summer tournament. So you're just not going to typically hit that mark. But uh, when I won on Dardanelle and I, I tied with Ken Morris earlier this year uh, at Pickwick at KBF and 98 and three quarters. So, I've been close, but then I hit a hundred. I hit a hundred at uh, Possum Kingdom out there yep. the first first day, so that was pretty cool. But anyway, I want to I want to definitely get try to get well over it because it's it's certainly in the realm of possibility. The great fisheries we go to in Florida and Texas and all these places. But oh yeah, I'm excited. Well, you uh you touched on uh, before we let those guys go about you know uh, make sure you talk to your tournament directors when you have you know, any concerns or, Hey, maybe we should make a couple of changes. You know, we hear guys talk. I'm we're, we're here to right now with our local club, um, stuff like that. But you had a topic that me and you talked about yeah. that you wanted to get into a little bit. So I'll just let you take yeah, it away. And, you know, and I don't want to get actually too deep into this today. I know we talked about talking about this, but you know, these guys had a great, uh, tournament. We've had a great show and, I figure, you know what, we might want to spend more time on this at another time. So we'll talk about it in more in depth at another time. But I will say 
that the gist of it is, is just that what I said to them at the end, guys, like these tournament, I, I used to run a tournament trail, right? I ran the river bass and tournament trail for 10 years. And when I, how I made changes with the trail, a lot of times it really was the anglers feedback. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it when you're secure in who you are and what you're doing, just like KBF Hobie BASS, they are doing this full time. This isn't a local club with a couple guys that are just kind of running it. They're, they're doing it full time. They want it to be, I mean, this is their livelihood, right? This is, right. you know, Chad and, and KBF, let's say, and, and, and AJ working with Hobie and those guys and, and Dwayne and, and the John Stewart and the whole crew at Bass, you know, they're doing this, you know, full time. This is, so they, they want it. I mean, to be the best it can possibly be. So there is no way that they can ever know there needs to be a change or that we, we like this. We don't like that, whatever, if we don't tell them. And, and sure, if one person says something, you know, usually you sort of just, you analyze it, you take a look at it, but you might just kind of shrug it off as this one person just is kind of like, whatever, just has it, you know, but right. if, if they're getting multiple, it's like contacting your, your rep- congressman, right? Your representative, your state representatives about something. If a couple people are upset about this stop sign here needs a stoplight, no big deal. But if they hear thousands of people talking about it, then they know it means that much to that community. It's that important. So that's the idea is just they're secure in who they are. You guys can contact them. They're super great. Um, Amanda Brandon's listened to as the tournament director on a lot of the, the KBF stuff now. She's amazing. The, with KBF, like I said, AJ and the whole team, they want to hear from you guys. And the sooner we get this dialed in, right? It, but it, this sport's still young. The sooner we dial it in, the the more that it becomes about everyone has time to just promote the sport and work on the other th- stuff, the business side of the sport and promote the anglers. There's just more time to do other stuff as well. Um, because, you know, for any sport out there, it's taken a long time for the NFL to get where they are and get their rules cleaned right. up to where it's fair and all, you know, all this. Now they still change rules every year, but they're just, you know, very minute rules here and there. And a lot of them have to do with technology that's changed with television and whatnot. But the sooner we can get it dialed in and they're actually, what I hope Jimmy one day is there is a, a standard for all kayak tournaments. And what I mean is uh, not a standard like motors and non-motors. That's cool. I think the differences in the trails are to be celebrated. Oh yeah. I hope there is a standard for certain other things, like the way we measure the fish. Sometimes you got to, when you're fishing all three of them, it's complicated to think, can I pinch this tail? Can I not? Can I touch the, can I touch the fish behind the dorsal and the anal fin? Like, can I, what am I like? You got to just refresh yourself. And that's a little bit like that, that could get, I think if we got all the, if all the tournament directors, you know, sat down and talked about it, I'm sure that can stuff can get cleaned up. That's what I'd like to see some stuff like that get cleaned up. But the bottom line is this, we'll get into, you know, maybe more on other shows, but, you know, I've been married for what, six years now. Could be wrong on that. I, my wife off to fact check that. But I think it was seven. <laughs> seven. I think it was seven. <laughs> it might be seven. I don't remember. You always seem to know more than I do. Because but, <laughs> but, it gets brought up, and I just remember the one time you were wrong with it. Yeah, and that's she right. corrected you on it. So <laughs> yeah, when she was watching during the live stream. See, we're not live streaming now, so there's no no comments she can't, here. She I can't, can't hop she can't, in. Right. So, but I do know this, man. I've been married long enough to know that. You know, there's no way my wife can't read my mind and, and I can't read hers. And there's no way exactly. in the world. And, and trust me, guys, even worse. We 
the body language and all that. I'm like, why didn't you just say so half the time? Like, I, like, couldn't you, like, couldn't you tell I was this or I was that or I was acting this or acting like this? I'm like, oh, my bad. Why didn't you just say so? Yeah. So anyway, that's the thing, man. If the, the tournaments don't, they don't know. You know, you gotta, you gotta speak up. You gotta be vocal, but in a respect, <coughs> in a totally, you know, respectful way. And they will listen to you. And they have listened uh, to some stuff we've we've brought up recently. And uh, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, it's their call. It's their tournament trail. And I respect all of them. And I appreciate everything they've done because they're doing so much more good, you know, for our sport than a few things that that oh, big deal. We need this change or that change. So eventually, it'll all work itself out. And uh, but again, they don't know until we. Can yeah. we talk to them. So no, you 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 have to voice your opinion, and at the same time, you have to be patient. Uh, yep. Again, it's it's still it's still in its infancy. You know, we yeah. haven't even hit our our, our our teenage stride yet. You know, it. That's right. But it it'll get there faster, just like you said. Yep. The more it's talked about, more things come together. You know, it needs a good fluctuation of like standards and diversity you know, yeah. standards and certain things. But I, like, I agree. I don't think there should ever be like, I like basically having three major trails. It's like they do this, they do that, they do this. It makes it not boring. You know, it's not, I feel like if you had like, like how there's like bass and the, how there was bass and FLW and it's just the same mm-hmm. thing under a different name, really, you know, and now like MLF, you have something thrown into the mix that right. keeps it fresh, gives it that spark. So, that's true. And, and, you know, they, when you go to the grocery store and you buy, let's say when, when organic stuff became a thing, right. Every time you buy something organic, you're voting for that product to continue to validate it so that they, the manufacturers produce more of it. And every time you enter a tournament, you know, if you don't agree with certain things and you've never voiced it, you're, you're basically saying, it's okay. I like the way it is. It's fine. No big deal. I'm just going to keep doing it. But if it becomes the point where you don't enter a tournament because of a certain something, but you never voiced your opinion, because trust me, Hobie, KBF, Bass, they want as many people fishing their events as possible. They want to know if there was a reason you didn't fish something and you didn't tell them. I mean, again, I know not everyone's like is hardcore, uh, you know, doing this full time as I am and whatnot, but just a quick note to, to let them know, like, man, I love that these tournaments, I love these formats, but I'm not going to be able to fish here. I don't really want to, not going to fish because of this. At least it lets them know. And maybe if one person says something, I promise you, there's probably 10 or 15 that are thinking it and they probably didn't fish it for the same reason. If they can make that change and it, and it doesn't affect the fairness of it or whatever, they just gained 15 peep anglers, which can, could actually help support that business to grow and, and obviously they're doing something for us, putting on events for us. So it's just helping us in return. So we're all kind of in this together guys. So I just wanted to kind of make that little general statement. Uh, yeah, no, well, I, I got it wrote down, man. We can, we'll get into it, you know, further in the future or yep. whenever time allows. Yeah, for sure, man. But that's all it, right. man. Good first show with just me and drew. We'll, we'll get our chemistry dialed in. It took me and Dan a few weeks too. We'll get that new, new, badass intro at some point whenever you know brian will. says go i guess but that's right we'll, i thought we'll we did pretty cool good intro. yeah we no it's a good okay. show especially the considering the fact jimmy that you and i we didn't prep for this show other than a, a couple text messages on when it was mm-hmm. going to happen and you were going to find 
you know, a good story. Some guys interview and we, I've listened to the show, so I kind of know how you guys do it, but I thought we were great for our first show. Yeah, man. And that's, that, that's how we do it, man. Like I, I like to keep it kind of like, like we prepare with times and who we're going to have. I just like to let the story tell itself, you know, and you just know it doesn't always do that. You, you don't always have great guests. So we love all of our guests, but some of them are a lot more fun and a lot more willing to talk. And then some of them get that kind of camera shy. Dude, but, no doubt. man. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to do this show with you because I get to really poke at these guys to try to get as much juice and information out of them as possible. And now of course it. we don't, you know, we don't expect them to, you know, they have the choice. They don't have to tell, tell us everything, but I like to be able to poke and pry and get some good info out of them for us. And uh, hopefully, that, you know, viewers- that was another reason why I was glad that you were cool with doing the shows. Cause I knew you would be, you know, like me and me and Dan did really good together, but like we take this serious to an extent, but you know, you take it to a whole nother level. So I knew you would have like, you're actually prodding for information, which is cool because I like you catch so many tips and tricks from these, these guys. Like I, I've got this entire notebook right here. I've almost filled up this notebook, every show I write down. And I bet you every page I've wrote down something that I've I caught somebody say, or, you know, something that was outside of the box that I've never thought of, or mm-hmm. just a different way to do something. And that that's, that's probably my favorite thing about doing a podcast. Talk yeah. to cool people, learn all sorts of cool stuff. For sure, man. That spoon was cool. That was a cool, you know, he's like, I think he's the first cool. person we've interviewed on the reel down since I've been on this show that has thrown a spoon. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's awesome. It's cool, man. It's a new sort of, I like it because it's considered a power fishing technique, especially in the summertime like this and the spring and summer, you know, post spawn, especially sometimes pre spawn. But in the winter, when you're fishing a spoon, just straight vertical down deep and they're a lot smaller, the bait's smaller and the, the fish aren't maybe eating these six inch, you know, big flutter spoons. It's not, to me, it's just not as, as fun as this bigger spoon, this sort of power fishing way. And, and especially combining it with the electronics in certain locations where you find those schools of bait and triggering those huge fish that want that easy, lazy meal, which is just a dead, you know, a, a half inch or whatever shad just, just falling down. Right. Dude, that sounds amazing. Then he tells me, you know, you know, about how, which I knew, obviously I knew this already, but it's a heavy action rod. It's straight braid. It's everything that I'm about, man. I'm like, I like it. <laughs> I like it, dude. Seven. And a, I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna use like a seven and a half foot to get a real long cast, and just to make that lever, that that leverage. Just, I, yeah. I think Zaldane uses at least a seven and a half. It might be even longer for that. Yeah, thing. I. I want to. I, I. It's if it's not seven and a half, it's eight because it's, it's a huge yeah. rod. Pretty, he, pretty huge. I don't know if it's the way he does it all the time. A lot of the times I've seen him use it, he's doing it off the back of the boat. I don't know if there's something to that, but I think like it's a three videos yeah. I've watched of him doing it. He's on the back right side of the boat every time. So yeah, I think, Who knows? I think there is, I think it just has to do with the spot lock because it's turning the boat in the, into the wind. That's probably he's true. Throwing it I didn't think downwind. About that. That's what it is. But uh, he's just positioning his boat that way on him, And, and it, it actually helps the wind being, you know, with them like that throwing with the wind, it actually helps keep that line. Uh, bowed and tight rather than 
but like yeah, wind blowing cabin. at you, it's kind of looser. So now it's always tight, and you can really feel what's happening. You got contact anyway. all the time. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that too. Yeah, man. We'll we'll we'll, we'll jump on another show and get him to talk about spoons. <laughs> yeah, man. Good show. Good show, Jimmy. Enjoy. Oh it. yeah, man. You too, man. I'm glad to have you. Well, uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your Wednesday. This is when this comes out. Hope everybody has a good weekend. I'm uh, not sure what show we're going to do next week. We've got two big tournaments. Uh, I think I'm going to one. Drew might be going to the other. Yeah. So right. we'll see. We'll see. Pretty good hey. chance Drew's going to do better than I am. So <laughs> Yeah, I may or may not fish it. We'll see. But um, got a lot going on here at the house and have a live scope to set up. I may end up doing that. So we'll see. But. Go. My friend, I will be at ICAST when this comes out and you guys are listening to it. So follow me on the social medias, guys, uh, at Drew Gregory Fishing. And, and I'll probably be you know, sending a few updates from ICAST. And uh, yeah, just look forward to, to that show. So it's, it's a fun week if you're a bass fishing fan, uh, which we are. So I appreciate everyone listening. And uh, hey, I guess we'll catch you next time. How do we end this thing, Jimmy? Do you do it? Do I do it? What's What's the deal? It don't matter. I usually just tell everybody good night. We, we have to come up with a new one. Dan used to close it out with, Everybody wear your PFDs. He's going to carry that on to his new show. So let's come up yeah, with something. And I used to come, we, I used to always say, and this is still for Hooked on Wild Waters, which is now going to be the River Bassin podcast. But I used to always say, hashtag live in the current for that, that's Crescent, you know, kayaks uh, hashtag. But don't really want to do that on this show. So we need a new one. Maybe the fans can help us out here. So you guys yeah. send us a message. What's a good, what's a good outro and uh good outro guess- or a good hashtag for the reel down. Yeah, exactly. Until then, we'll catch you guys later. See you next time. Peace out. All right, guys. Another great show. Real quick, let's get into the tourney recap. Got a few few tournaments to go over. Uh, Nowhere near as many as last week, thank goodness, because I was running out of breath on all that. Uh, First up, we have the Kayak Anglers of Eastern Pennsylvania on the Mochunk Reservoir. We'll go with that. 25 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Keith Goodman with 70 inches. Second place, Jason Splain with 69 and three quarter. Third place, Crook Williams with 69 and a half. 15 and a half inch fish was the biggest fish caught all day. So them summertime fishing blues. Uh, the kayak anglers of Laura Highlands, uh, Juanita River and Raystown Lake. 29 anglers, three fish limit. First place, Rick McIntyre, 51 and three quarter. Second place, Jeffrey Rabbit with 51 and a half. Third place, Keaton Votley with 51. Uh, moving on from there, the Georgia Kayak Fishing League on the Savannah River, 26 anglers. First place, Charles Shelnup, 79 and a half. Second place, Mike Niles with 79 and three quarter. Third place, Mike Watson with 75 and a quarter. Another summer struggle as a five fish tournament. Uh, moving on from there, we got our my local club, the North Alabama Kayak Anglers, uh, Shoal Stop, Pickwick, and Wilson Lakes. I uh, actually didn't fish this one. Uh, 35 anglers. There was a, It's a three fish limit. First place, the old beaver, Ryan Lott, 59 and three quarter incher with a big bass at 23 and a half. Second place, my buddy Michael Cooper. I watched that leaderboard all day. Him work his way up 54 and three quarters. Third place, Mr. John Mears at 51 and a, con- a quarter. Congrats, guys, on that. Uh, Indiana kayak anglers were on the five county shootout. 37 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jack Vandenberg with 94 and a half. Second place, the great Jackson Orr with 94 and a quarter. Third place, Cole Kleppman with 86 and a quarter. 185 fish caught with 37 anglers. So, bunch of limits thrown down in that one. 
Uh, coming up next, the Nebraska Kayak Anglers, the Sticks Live Series uh, on Red Willow. Uh, 45, 40 anglers, five fish limit. Uh, first place, Chris Longshore with 87.5. Second place, James Francis with 84.5. Third place, Kevin Workman with 83.5. Uh, next up is the Kayak Fishing Life Benefit Tournament, White Lake and Ontario, Canada. Uh, we've had these guys on before. Love hearing about the fishing up there. Uh, 59 anglers, three fish limit. First place, James Collin with 51 and a quarter. Second place, Brian Arnold with 50 and a half. Third place, Rob Lacassie with 50 and a quarter. And uh, last but certainly not least, last but not least, the Natural State Kayak Anglers had the Diego's Table Rock 2.0. And Diego's is the sponsor of this event. And it's Diego's Mexican Grill. And I feel like all of our other clubs, we are all failing by not having a Mexican restaurant back us up as a sponsorship. So congrats to those guys for locking that in. Uh, They had 53 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Levi Schneider with 88 inches. Second place, Jason Kinsey with 84. Third place, Josh King with 84 as well. Uh, 338 fish caught in that tournament. So they had a killer day. Uh, That's it, guys. So let's go on from there. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.